Hello there, this is Mark Bauerlein with another conversation. Before we get to it, a word about one of our sponsors. Located in the foothills of Wyoming's spectacular Wind River Range, Wyoming Catholic College, an accredited four-year Great Books institution, is built on the ancient Western tradition of the liberal arts and the freedom of the American West. The college offers its students an immersion in the primary sources of the classical tradition, the grandeur of the mountain wilderness, and the spiritual heritage of the Catholic Church. Students experience the illumination of imagination and intellect through the great books and traditional disciplines, literature and philosophy, mathematics and theology, science and Latin, and an outdoor program second to none. The college celebrated an in-person graduation with its seniors last year and welcomed its largest freshman class ever this year. Learn more about the college's unique space in the world of American higher education at wyomingcatholic.edu. We have with us Monsignor Stephen J. Rossetti. He is president of the St. Michael's Center for Spiritual Renewal, and he's also a research associate professor at Catholic University. He's a licensed psychologist, too, author of many books, and his latest effort, which is our topic today, is Diary of an American Exorcist, Demons, Possession, and the Modern-Day Battle Against Ancient Evil. Welcome, welcome Monsignor. Great, Mark. It's good to be with you. Uh, let me ask just a practical question about your 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 center. What does the St. Michael Center do? Okay, we uh, do exorcisms for people within the Archdiocese of Washington. Uh, we all do a lot of also do a lot of education and training of exorcists and and deliverance training for priests around the country and around the world. Uh, we also help uh, through our education efforts. Uh, we have podcasts, we have uh, live streams, we, and also we have an app, for example, called Catholic Exorcism. So if you download the app called Catholic Exorcism, you'll, there's a lot of wonderful deliverance prayers there for people to use, both laity, uh, priests, and exorcists. So we have a large outreach uh, in helping people in the deliverance and exorcism ministry. Do people reach you through the website? Does uh, the center have a website? They do. We do. It's called uh, www.catholicexorcism.org, or again, through that app, there is a, a contact button on the app. Very good. Okay, catholicexorcism.org might be a start right. for our listeners. Yeah. All right, now to the book. Uh, mm. And just first, a, a quick note about the title. It's an interesting uh, contrast that you make in the title, Modern Fight Against Ancient Evil. Those adjectives are important in what way? Well, this, what we read about the Bible and Jesus uh, casting out demons is not something for ancient history. I think there's a lot of people say, well, you know, uh, this doesn't happen anymore, Satan's not around, or this was an anachronism and we've kind of grown beyond that. No, no, no. That uh, fight that Jesus was engaged in and cast out Lucifer is very much present even today. And we are on the front lines of that conflict. Okay, that, that, you know, you know, that 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 instantly clarifies what what I was a little a little concerned about. Yeah, the idea that these things are just part of sort of a, a primitive past. No, no, no. Yeah. Now let me ask you, how did you, you you give a little talk about this? But how did you become an exorcist? Well, it's kind of strange. Uh, uh, I am a licensed psychologist, as you may know. And the bishop called me and said, we've got a, someone who's been referred to us who might need an exorcism. We want you to 
do a psych eval first to make sure the person doesn't have a simply a psychological problem, so, which I did that. The person uh, did not have a psychological disorder, so I said, you know, you really should check with an exorcist. So the bishop called three different priests, and they all declined and said they wouldn't do it. So hmm. I was, we were sitting there going, what do we do now? And I said, well, give it to me. I'll do my best. And uh, and I, I thought to myself, well, how hard can it be? You know, just say they're right and the demons leave. <laughs> oh, that, was my, <laughs> that was my first naive, dumb comment. But uh, I, fortunately, I had a senior exorcist help me. And uh, But that house, that's how it started 14 years ago. No one else would do it. 14 years ago. How often do you perform exorcisms or how many how many are going at, at, at once right. typically uh we have about three priests doing exorcisms and we have a, a couple handfuls of priests doing a lesser intense deliverance prayers but we have at least uh 20 sessions a week so at least 20 sessions a week and sometimes more hmm. and there is, is it... the caseloads are rising that's what the exorcists around the country are saying you know they're getting swamped we we can't deal with all the cases, you know. Uh, we, that actually I, was was my next yeah. question, Monsignor. The 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 demand is is growing. Yes, and of course, again, we we screen out those people who simply need to see a psychologist, psychiatrist. But then the real valid cases of of some either what we call oppression, lesser cases, or possession, more intense cases, are not insignificant. Yeah. Uh, and it takes a lot of work with each one. And so it's easy to uh, become overwhelmed, and and I feel bad, frankly, that there's so many people around the country who really can't find someone to help them. Hmm. Uh, the bulk of the book is in the form of very short sections that include sort of diary entries on, on your mm-hmm. part, and then more objective uh, uh, theological reflections, a little discussion of doctrine. One of the first reflections in there is, what is demonic possession? What's your answer? What's demonic possession? Well, uh, uh, sadly, sometimes people, either but because of their own actions or because something that was done to them, sadly and unfairly, they are, uh, it's Satan has a foothold in their lives, and he can really... Uh, Make, he, he has a foothold in their lives. He, has, uh, he's, he dwells there, if you will. Uh, and he really controls uh, much of the person's life, or at least influences it, for sure. And so that intense influence is what we would call a case of possession. And is, is the possession, to, to what degree is the possession, at least initially, uh, Done with the cooperation of, of of that possessed soul. Well, there are some cases where people are, are re- actually responsible for the possession, and there are some people who actually are, and there are some people who aren't. I mean, we have a number of cases of of young people who who their sadly their parents were practicing Santeria or voodoo or something like that, mm-hmm. and they actually dedicated their children to demons. Now, that's hard to believe, but we've got several cases like that. And so either through the actions of someone else, like their parents, or through their own evil actions, they have basically invited Satan into their lives. And, for example, today, I mean, there's a lot of people practicing witchcraft, or even what they think is good witchcraft, but they're still practicing witchcraft. Is, a, is an explicit entry for Satan. Witches uh, are 
uh, minions of Satan, whether they know it or not. And uh, we, we have a number of them who have come to us and, and need help. Uh, when people approach you, actually, what you said in, in your discussion of how you came into the practice uh, as a psychologist, uh, how do you distinguish, I guess it's the process of discernment, right? How do you right, distinguish right. possession from uh, emotional or, or psychological right. disturbance? Well, it helps being a, a practicing psychologist for 25 years, so I do have a sense of these sort of uh, uh, pathogenesis and symptomatology of a typical psychological uh, disorder. So I know the difference between a psychosis and a demonic possession. I'm just used to dealing with them. Uh, but one of the, I mean, there are also signs, uh, typical classical signs of a possession. You know, they can understand or speak foreign languages, uh, un, uh, in, under uh, great strength, uh, 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 hatred of the sacred, uh, uh, cult knowledge, things like that. But the, I'd say the, the real basic thing we look for is when we pray over that person uh, who's basically psychologically sane, does, is there a real evil presence that comes forward? Are we really facing a demonic presence? And no human being can, 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 uh, can fake that. Uh, our real demonic presence is incredibly evil, and it's, uh, it, you know, it, it's, it's something to, uh, it catches your attention for sure. You know, Monsignor Rosetti, you, you have some scenes in which you will, say, begin praying, or you, you'll, have, you'll have an interaction with the, the possessed one. And you may do something. You may pray. You may bring bring out uh, a, a relic of some kind, right. and suddenly, in that in that person, you see something so inhuman. Right. You 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 speak of it as just a cold, evil. That's not a psychological, emotional condition. One no. can one can one can feign. No, and sometimes there are actually uh, physical signs. For example, we had a, a, a young woman whose both eyeballs, the entire eyeball, became completely black. And I've got a picture of it. It looks like a bad movie. I mean, and I've had another exorcist say the same thing. The whole, entire eyeball, uh, both of them turned black while she was manifesting. Another one, a guy who, uh, his eyes while manifesting looked exactly like serpent eyes. They were these black dots for pupils. They were yellow, and they were... You looked at it, you said, this is a snake. And then when he stopped manifesting, they returned to his normal. So there are these, and there are signs like this of, you say, whoa. I mean, that is, there's no doubt about that in your mind. And part of the exorcist's expertise is preventing the demons from hiding, right? You, yeah, you want to yeah, draw them out. You, you actually regard some of these more horrifying symptoms and behaviors actually as a sign of progress. Right. Well, if you're possessed, well, we want the demons to start to manifest so we can, by the power of Christ, cast them out. So uh, that's what we're looking for. So when we start throwing holy water on them and we start praying the church is right— they try to hide. I mean, Satan tries to hide which, because he knows in an upfront fight, Jesus will just cast him out with a, a flick of his finger. So 
they try to hide, and then once they're, they manifest, then you can okay, we say, okay, this is a demonic presence, and then we start praying, and then uh, hopefully uh, within a few sessions or a few months anyway, uh, they'll be uh, cast out. But yeah, that, that's part of the process of separating the demonic presence from the individual. Uh, one of the things you bring out in the book is the amount of specific concrete knowledge that you derive from your experience over the years of the exorcism surgeon, you know, getting to know certain demons, uh, finding the demons by the hundreds uh, within right, right. A, a possessed individual and, and actually being able to address this one or, or that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, when, when these moments, when the manifestation happens, it's, it's, it's becoming present to you. You know, I think of the, the demon in, in The Exorcist. I imagine The Exorcist, the movie and the book, are where most people have their conceptions of what an, of what an exorcism is. If they, if they, but you remember at the end, the demon leaves that girl and enters into the priest, but it's only after the priest orders the demon to do so, right? He says, take me, take me. Yeah. Uh, are you, when, when, when the demon is, is manifesting, how do you not get scared to death? <laughs> and say, well, he's going to uh, get uh, me too. Well, lots of things uh, you mentioned. Uh, well, first of all, it's important to real. That's what Hollywood does not get. They kind of make it sound like Satan is uh, almost equal to Jesus or God, and somehow there's this dualistic universe, which is just nonsense. I mean, there's only one God. Satan would like to be God. He tried to be God, and, and they got cast out of, of heaven for, for doing so. But uh, compared to Jesus, I mean, for example, all we have to do is throw a little holy water on him and hold up a crucifix, and he goes nuts. I mean, it, it's he's nothing. He's a dust. As I tell people, he's a dust bunny compared to Jesus. <laughs> I mean, he's just. My, what's the same Catherine of Siena once was? She was always being pummeled by demons. She woke up one night and turned on the light, and there was this demon at the, the, at the end of her bed. She looks. She said, "Oh, it's only you." <laughs> she turned off the light, went back to bed. I mean, as, a, as an exorcist, you begin to realize that, uh, you know, uh, Jesus is Lord. And that's our, that's our mantra. And yeah. Jesus is Lord. But, but and, Monsignor, uh, you, you do acknowledge how uh, creepy sometimes yeah. when you get that look, when, when, oh, when yeah. the face, when the face yeah. of the person just turns, uh, loses all humanity and stares at mm. you with, with just vile hatred. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. It, it is creepy, and it uh, it's stunning, really, to to realize that that there is something that purely evil. You just uh, you kind of you just you just can't believe that something could be that evil. There's not a drop of goodness left in them. You know, at their core, they still were created by God as angels, but it's the the evil is so overwhelming. I uh, we had a young woman who was a bit of a mystic, and she had an experience of seeing demons. And she said they are blacker than black, and they are so ugly that the, no horror movie could approach how ugly demons are. You know, is, is that one of the crucial distinctions between possession and emotional psychological disturbance, and that is the presence of evil? Oh, yeah. No, no question. that we, we look for that. Before we're going to do an exorcism, 
we want to we want to be sh- morally certain that th- there's really a demonic presence there. Yeah. You know that, and you want to you want to you want to see it. You want to feel it. You want to have some manifestation of it. Uh, you you that, know. Then you, 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 know. you know it in some cases when people contact you and appeal to you, you turn some of those cases down uh, pretty quickly. You sense something in there that isn't isn't quite yeah. authentic. Most most of the people come to us actually are not possessed, I would say. Uh, and then they're desperate because they have lots of problems, but uh, they're not possessed. I mean, they've got more human problems. Yeah. But... Uh, but there are but there are plenty who are. I mean, we we are busy, you know. Uh, we have three exorcists working uh, part time or full time, yeah. and we do about twenty sessions a week at our center. So, we have plenty of cases. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, well, you know, yeah. you you say one of the things you do is train priests, right. but you acknowledge, as as you said earlier, that a lot of priests just don't want to get into all, all of all of the exorcism stuff. What is the hardest part? of their education, the hardest thing for them to, to learn in your experience, even the ones who, who want to learn? Uh, I think the basics, they have to, uh, they have to believe, first of all, of course, there really is uh, a demonic presence in the world operating, so, and there's, there's more than a few guys who don't, frankly, uh, and that uh, and then there's, there's this overwhelming trust in Jesus and the trust in the because the demons are always jerking you around and and I remember one case the they're always saying to me you're a bum you're 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 a sinner you're this and you have no control over it or us you have no power we're, we're staying forever. My response is always the same thing. You know I am a sinner and I have no real real power to speak of. But you know I'm not your problem. Jesus <laughs> is your problem. And in Jesus' name I command you to leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's pause for a moment to ask if you are looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium. That's the University of Dallas in Irving, Texas. Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the university offers an exceptional liberal arts education with undergraduate and graduate programs in arts and sciences, business, and ministry, as well as a campus in Rome, Italy all of them preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. You, you speak in, in entry number seven in the book of uh, one time when you really felt attacked by demons. They, they were out, they were, they were getting inside you. What happened there? Uh, well, First of all, I tell new exorcists that, generally speaking, we are protected. You know, for example, in sessions, it's not uncommon that the possessed person will lunge at me and, and, and try to choke me or kick me or, or, you know, attack me. And they get to about eight inches in front of my face and they stop like there's a wall there. And so there is a wall there uh, and they can't, they can't hurt me. Um, but if you do this work a lot, not just casually but i mean you're you're doing a lot of this uh, exorcism work or deliverance work you, you know you can't poke satan in the eye with a hot poker every day and not expect to get some sort of pushback <laughs> uh so he'll attack you in the way and uh he, he the lord allows so the first thing we say look if the lord allows this then then well then fine but he does what god allows so we, that's the first thing we don't get too upset about it but he'll he can get into your head and start really jerking you around 
Uh, he can actually attack you physically, you know, uh, and uh, sometimes I have been attacked physically, uh, you know, by demons. But uh, all I do is hold up the rosary beads, uh, throw some holy water, command the name of Jesus to leave, and generally speaking, after maybe a little bit of a fight, they do leave. So mm. we do get, uh, our priests uh, do get a little bit attacked by Satan at times, but uh, Jesus uh, takes care of us. Well, one of the things that is an underlying motif throughout the book is that these episodes of demons, possession, that they should be understood uh, much less exotically or, or mysteriously than they mm-hmm. are. That being a, the, the, To be attacked by demons, in, in maybe not physically, but in, in spiritual ways, this is not uncommon at all. It happens all the time. Right. You know, for example, you know, it does. And, and I think as we train people more, they begin to recognize it more. For example, uh, I was a, my first encounter that I was aware of was a seminarian. I was lying in bed, and I was not asleep. I was just, just, just lying down. And uh, all of a sudden, there's this spiritual thing came at me, like an incredibly powerful force. And it was a, it was a lightning fast, and I was, was going to be overwhelmed probably in two seconds. Uh, and so I, I instantly knew what it was through a grace that was uh, attacked by demons. I, I lo- got out of my, I lunged out of my bed and grabbed my rosary beads. And the minute I touched my rosary beads, it stopped. Hmm. And as I tell people, I turned, learned about 80% of what an exorcist needs to know. First of all, Satan is stronger and faster than I am. Mm-hmm. And if I try to fight him on my own, I'm going to be completely overwhelmed. But just hang on to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and she'll just beat feet and, and be cast out, you know, uh, in, a, in an instant. So, and that's what we do as an exorcism, that we, we uh, that Satan attacks us. Uh, for example, I tell, if you actually talk to seminarians or, or religious in formation, it's not uncommon that they'll have some experience of the demonic like that, because Satan does not want people to become priests or nuns. Hmm. Hmm. And, and of course, yeah, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he try to undermine? Well, of course he tries to undermine. That shouldn't be surprising at all. Yeah. Yeah, no, and when you become more attuned to the preternatural and what Satan does and what God does, you begin to recognize God's footprint and also Satan's in your life more, more, more readily. Yeah. You note that some exorcisms last longer than a year. They can go on yeah. and on. And You know, when I was reading in, in those cases, I was wondering how... How does a person function? I mean, are, are some of these people who are undergoing the, the, the process, are they still out there in the world? Are they going to work? Or do, do they seem in, in many, to, to me, most other people to be operating normally? We had one that went five years. Now, thank God they, they all don't do that because we would be dead <laughs> from exhaustion. But, but I would say a case of full possession It'll be many months to maybe a year or two, typically, and maybe maybe longer. Uh, most of our deliverance cases actually just last maybe maybe three to eight sessions, and it's uh, it's uh, cleared up. But uh, some people can can function fairly well; uh, others uh, can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have people who just really can't function. But as they start getting closer to liberation, they start getting their lives back. So that's always a sign that they're getting better. But most kind of can function, or although they limp, uh, and it's difficult for them, a spiritual limp, and so it's difficult uh, 
So it's a trial. I mean, it's a trial yeah. for them and trial for their family. Well, some, you know, I was wondering there, saying, you know, sometimes I would imagine demons uh, uh, want people to be able to function. They might find their 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 demonic activity assisted by a person's capacity to to function with with others. Um, is that is well? That, uh, no. I don't know. I mean, I think that uh, uh, they the there are basic approaches to try to destroy people. I mean, as I tell people, Satan's not your friend. And I, every once in a while, I run into a Satanist or, or or a practicing witch, and they say, "Well, you know," and they they say, "Well, you know, my, demons are my friend, or I'm a Satanist." I'm a, I mean, you have no idea what you're talking about. These people, they they don't realize that Satan's out to destroy you, uh, and. So that's his basic approach. He'll do what God allows him uh, to do. Uh, it was, sometimes it has a quite, a, quite a bit of a wide berth. Uh, so they can, he can make your life pretty miserable yeah. uh, and, and, and does so if he can. One, one uh, interesting thing that you, that you bring up is that the demons, multiple demons kind of could be inside a, oh, yeah. a, a person, but... Those demons actually don't like one another. They're they're not friends. They don't they there's don't cooperate no very well. There, there's no love. <laughs> there you go. There's no love in hell. There's no love in hell. There's no unity in hell. Uh, that's why unity, love, charity, and kindness. That's all heaven. You know, there's there's none of that in hell. There's no real obedience in hell. That's what's forced. And uh, the demons hate each other, and they hate and they hate that. They're, they're complete narcissists. And, and Satan is the ultimate narcissist. He doesn't care about anybody else. He'll sacrifice every demon in the hell just for his own pleasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's just all sorts of reasons why you don't want to go to hell. And, and, and someone's been possessed, by the way. They learn that the hard way because part of being possessed is actually experiencing a, a taste of what it means to be in hell. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, what is a, quote, spiritual sensitive Unquote. Well, uh, theologically, uh, it's often been said that before the fall of Adam and Eve, we had a lot more spiritual sensitivities. Now, we, we, we lived with, were close to God, of course, and, and the angels, uh, and the angels. And so the whole preternatural world was open to us. After the fall, our intellects and spirits became darkened a bit. And so most of us don't see angels. We don't experience them uh, directly. But there are some people uh, who have a, a certain giftedness uh, who uh, can sense the presence of demons and can sense uh, spiritual things. And, uh, and they're very helpful to us. We, we Obviously, you have to test the spirits to make sure they're really from God. Mm-hmm. Uh, because also, possessed people uh, can have spiritual sensitivities. They can see demons, for example. Uh, they can know occult things. So sometimes sensitivities come from uh, the dark side. Uh, but but there, are, there are more than a few people, actually, who uh, will, will confide in us that talk about their own sensitivities to evil. Yeah. You, you use, use them, them, right, to, to yeah, assist yeah. you, right? Yes. And, and we, well, of course, we, we make sure that what they say is always in accordance with the Church's teaching. So there are times when sensitives start saying wacky things, and then we say, well, thank you very much. Uh, have a nice day, and, and, and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we sometimes these people are not really from God. Uh, what they're saying, 
But uh, we have some who really are from the Lord and they have a real gift, and they help us. I mean, obviously the basic approaches and an exorcism is a priest saying the right of the church. That's, but the senses can help us. They can say, you know, uh, this person uh, has a demonic presence, this person doesn't. Uh, or the demons here seem to be related to some sort of unforgiveness or demons of some sort of sexual uh, problems. So they can sometimes do have some special knowledge of where to look and what to look for. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, de- demons do have these powers. You talk about them being able to levitate or extraordinary strength and, and so yeah. on. But you say demons cannot perform miracles. What they can do no. is not a miracle. G- g- uh, well, explain that distinction. Well, uh, as St. Thomas would tell us, that angels and demons cannot do miracles, nor do they know the future, unless the Lord allows them to know the future or to, to do a miracle. But normally he doesn't. Uh, so demons don't know what you're thinking, although they're very intuitive, but they can't read your minds, and they can't do miracles. They can't do what's uh, not natural for them, but uh, levita- levitating a person or materializing objects, which they do, mm-hmm. uh, is natural for them. So they're using the natural, preternatural powers that, that they're given at, at their creation yeah. uh, and, and to afflict us, but they don't, they don't do miracles. You, you, in fact, assume that any supernatural appearance you take has a demonic source unless clearly proven otherwise. Why is that? We have so many people come to us who are possessed or oppressed, and they, they have all these great spiritual experiences. They're sure they're from God or the Blessed Virgin or whatever, and then they become demonic. They're they're fooled, and that that happens a lot, actually. You know, a lot. We had someone recently who was had all these quote unquote spirituals, spirits of Our Lady and God and that sort of thing. God's telling me this. God's telling me that. Saying Michael's telling me this. Saying Michael's telling me that. (laughs) And turned out it's not. They're they're uh, they're spiritually arrogant. Uh, They're not obedient, uh, and they end up going off the rails. So we've been burned, frankly, so many times by this. Hmm. That if, if someone comes to us and they're possessed or oppressed and they say, God told me this, we're going to assume that was a, a demon to otherwise notified. Hmm. Uh, you mentioned St. Michael. Is St. Is Michael a special hero for exorcists? We love St. Michael. That's what we call our center, <laughs> uh, St. Michael Center. I mean, every exorcist. Mm-hmm. Love the, the Virgin, of course, and love Jesus, but love the Virgin and love St. Michael. If you don't love the Virgin and you don't love St. Michael, you're in the wrong ministry. <laughs> because they're your, they're your best friends, and of course, and it's a wonderful joy uh, to minister among the angels, because that's what we do. We really minister among the angels, because in every exorcism, we believe and have been given knowledge that there's at least one of the powers of heaven present, maybe more, to, to be with us. And, and St. Michael watches over us. We call our center St. Michael's Center. Yeah, you know, to to honor his presence, and we always use uh, his exorcism prayers too. Uh, my 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 church ends with the Saint Michael's uh, prayer. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, there's yeah, the ruination yeah. of souls is taking place. We know that. Well, the spirit uh, of Michael. I mean, he he has this intense sort of uh, fire 
to cast out demons and to cast out Lucifer. Quisu Deus, who is like God? The, the battle cry of St. Michael raised and when casting out Lucifer from heaven. Hmm. He just is incensed and on fire uh, to cast out the demons and to cast them out. So that same intense um, uh, fire of the spirit, uh, we like to think it inspires us too. You say that it is always hazardous, treacherous, to engage in any kind of dialogue with, with the demons. Yeah. Yeah. So, remember, Pope Francis has said this uh, several times. He said, uh, you should not be, don't dialogue with the, with the devil, because it'll get inside your head, and that's exactly true. And by the way, so, uh, he said it so often, and by the way, Pope Francis has spoken to us more about Satan than, than the previous popes recently have, and you say, well, why is that? This is my own personal idea. I personally think that Pope Francis, when he was in Argentina, had some personal experience of Satan because the way he speaks about this, something happened where he got, where he, he, he found out, you know, don't let Satan uh, into your life, don't dialogue with him, and he's a real reality. So I, I, mm-hmm. Pope Francis had some sort of experience. Yeah, basically, uh, when, when we do exorcisms, we're only allowed to ask specific questions related to the exorcism. How did you get in the person? Uh, what's your name? When are you leaving? How do we get rid of you? How many of there are you? So if you do any more than that, you're, you're, you're going to wander, and he can get into your head. You're, 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 using, you're engaging some spiritual curiosity, and he'll manipulate you with that. So we don't, we don't do that. Uh, there, there's so much more to talk about in the book, in, including the the role of of Mary. Um, and mm-hmm. but let me final question, final question, sure. Monsignor. How can being possessed turn out to be a blessing? Well, first of all, anything uh, done in the Lord's name can become a blessing, even uh, horrible things. And the most horrible thing in the history of creation, of course, was the, the crucifixion of Jesus. I mean, that was a, the ultimate crime. Uh, but God turned it into a source of our uh, grace and re- re- uh, redemption. But, interestingly enough, people who are possessed, they learn firsthand the truths of the faith. And that's probably been the, one of the greatest graces of being an exorcist. I've learned, you know, daily experience, the truths of the gospel, the truths of the faith, the truths that our church teaches us. And so they learn it too. And then when they're liberated, I watch, as I tell the bishop, these people are in the front pews of your church because they know what the reality is. The book is Diary of an American Exorcist, Demons, Possession, and the Modern-Day Battle Against Ancient Evil. Monsignor Rossetti, thank you for joining us. It's been a joy, and God bless you and your ministry. And thank you for listening to our conversation, which has been supported by Wyoming Catholic College, which combines great books, the Catholic tradition, and the great outdoors of the American West into an extraordinary education. Go to wyomingcatholic.edu or contact the admissions office at 877-332-2930.